Thursday is the 21st of January. This is Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker, and Erin will be joining us shortly. She wraps things up in the radio studio, and then she gets on with us here, streaming live. But you can also download the podcast if you're listening to it. By the way, we're on Back from the Brink KCAA radio. Uh, that's 1050 AM, 106.5 and 102.3 FM in the Inland Empire, uh, Monday through Friday on the airwaves. And then we switch over to this and do an hour here or 45 minutes or so here every morning after that. This is our after show, thus the On the Brink morning show. Our last names are Brinker, my sister-in-law and I. And uh, and then this is Back from the Brink. Get it? Get it? So, um, and if you enjoy listening to this, you want something that's a little bit different, maybe you enjoy tech with a, a sprinkling of other stuff that happens to be on our mind. Uh, Generation Tech uh, is on Mondays, usually. Occasionally we move the day around based on availability, but it's generally on Mondays. And you can also download that podcast for listening at your convenience. That is uh, myself and my dad, and occasionally uh, either uh, one of my children or one of my uh uh, nieces or nephews joins us so that's generation tech podcast um, also available in fine podcast apps everywhere you can download that podcast and listen at your leisure um, but it's interesting to uh, to talk about that kind of stuff so yesterday um, I watched the inauguration early on and then um, kind of had like you know the television on covering a lot of the festivities but a lot of the stuff during the middle of the day was pretty dull stuff there wasn't a whole lot going on there I mean it's you know go put a wreath here go do a signing there go shake somebody's hand go look at a photograph or a picture I mean there's a lot of of um, uh, just historical things that the president does on their first day that that the president and the vice president uh went around and did so uh, president biden was kind of doing his thing you know kind of being president he did sit down and sign um some uh some things usually the first thing that that presidents sign are the documents that will be sent to uh to the congress for uh, approving his cabinet and so he signed the documents saying here's the people i want to appoint to these different positions most of that stuff had already been made public um he also went ahead and signed some other things that he normally that normally presidents or historically presidents haven't done a whole lot on that very first day but he had made some some promises that he was going to do certain things on his first day so he went out and did them and one of those was uh uh stopping work and defunding work on the uh wall between us and mexico he had said he would do that day one and so he did that day one um he uh signed document that that uh changed the executive order done by president trump to um uh about the united states joining the paris uh peace accords or not the peace accords but the you know um paris accords that had to do with uh uh greenhouse gases and, and emissions and and that we will now follow those uh those rules again and uh, and there's a process to rejoin that but he's begun that by by executive order um you know, and a few other things, and he's going to continue to do that. Apparently, he's laid out his first uh, few weeks uh, by topic. So, like one day will be like today. I think is supposed to be all all 
COVID-related things. What are we going to do to get COVID under control? What are we going to do? What can be done from the um, um, executive branch to to maybe smooth over speed bumps that regard regarding the distribution of COVID vaccines and things like that. So that's what he'll be focusing on today is COVID. Um, tomorrow, he's supposed to start talking about relief efforts and will probably sign uh, or, or at least um, uh, put together uh, a, a proposed bill then to go to uh, the House and Senate to um, increase the amount of um, uh, relief money that was sent directly to the direct payments to people. So we're probably going to look at another $1,400 a person to make it 2000 instead of the 600 that was already be- the had already begun. So uh, here's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Hey. So, um, so I was just talking about some of the stuff that uh, President Biden had said he was going to do his first day. And generally, like one of the first things that presidents do is uh, sign a bunch of documents that get sent to Congress saying, these are the people that I want you to approve to be in my cabinet. And he did that. So he, there, there, that was on television, him sitting down and signing. And it's always funny to watch a president signing bills because you can't just sign your name. You sign part of your name and then you put down that pen and pick up a new pen and then send a little bit more of your name and then put that pen down. It's, it's a wonder you can even read a presidential um, signature because it's written with like five different pens every time. Um, so why do they you know? do that? Because those pens then become like gifts or collector's items for people. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the pen that was used to sign this. This is the pen that was used to sign that. And so they're given to people who are like sometimes sponsors of the bills or, or, uh, or you know, um, uh, as gifts, that kind of thing. So they're given out as gifts for the most part. Um, you know, you too can have the pen, you know, get it framed and have it on the wall. That's the pen that President Johnson signed to say that we would increase the size of the toilets in the White House. So... <laughs> You know, that's what it is. I mean, it's it's, but it's just funny that to watch them sign it that they. But you, you know, you've seen them do it. No, uh-uh. Oh, all the presidents do it now, and they've been doing it for years. I mean, I. You know, but it's like so. Yeah, you can't just like pick up a pen and sign your name. And in fact, on his desk, I'm sure that they yesterday he he there was like like five things to sign, and he used like one pen to sign each of them, and. And you could see one of the, like, his people off to the side kind of looking nervously at him because there was, like, this little tray in front of him with, like, 10 or 12 pens in it. And I think he was supposed to have used all those, and I think he used three. <laughs> you know, it's going to be it's gonna be like them, um, you know, like Trump not tearing up papers, you know. His, his, his aides are going to be going, Mr. President, use more pens. Use more pens. <laughs> Mr. President, pens, pens. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pens. Like, I'm not used to using That's a funny. bunch of pens to sign my name. But, you know, welcome to the presidency. Things are done a little differently here. <laughs> welcome to the White House, Mr. President. Let's teach you how things work. <laughs> Although he should know how things work. He was a, he was vice president for eight years. He was, but he wasn't the guy actually doing the signing back then. You know, he, he, was, he was the guy standing next to him going, pens, pens. <laughs> actually, that's another guy. That's probably a, a guy in the office. You know, there's like 25 or 30, like full-time staff in the office. Um, uh, one of the things that he did, which is something that's not typically done is the, the person who's like in, it, it's like the white house page. It, that's the person who's in charge of like the house. And, uh, very often it's somebody who's from hospitality. There've been, you know, somebody who had a major role in hotel chains or something like that. And, um, President Trump, about two or three months into his 
uh, term, uh, let go the previous page and and hired a guy that had worked at uh, like Hilton or something like that. And uh, uh, Biden, day one, fired him and hired and is hiring somebody new to run the house. So uh, isn't that isn't that sad? It's sad because yeah. people aren't. I mean, I get it. They, they they serve at the pleasure of the president, but it's not like they're political appointees. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's the, not the, like the White House I, employees average twenty five years service, and some of them have, uh, have hit as much as fifty years service. So these are not jobs that generally turn over every time there's a new president. These are the people, these are the maids and the and the and the 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 you know the the staff that take yeah. care of the place that that vacuum yeah. your floors and and make the beds and you know the chefs come and go or sometimes they'll have you know special chefs that come in for different things and you know uh, but but most of the kitchen staff those guys don't go anywhere. They've been there forever. You know. So yeah i remember i remember a story being told on um on uh charlie rose one night by a um uh a guy who was covering the white house and uh and he happened to have an opportunity to talk to the the white house chef one time and it was a couple years post kennedy and he said you know when i was here when president kennedy was president we had a hamburger and he says, to this day, that is the best hamburger I have ever had. Because what's the secret? How is it? Why is the White House hamburger so good? And the man looked at him, walked over to the refrigerator, came back holding a ten dollar steak, and dropped it into the meat grinder. And he says, "That's it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, most hamburger is like the 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 worst cuts, right? The leftover bits and pieces. Not at the White yeah. House. <laughs> Not at the White House. No, and a like $10 back then, a $10 hamburger, that was a lot of money. Now, yeah. I mean, $10 steak. Now, steaks cost more. You're going to buy Oh, yeah. Size. Yeah, imagine like a $50, $50 steak or something. Yeah, you know, and this is a, yeah. a, the a, probably the best of the best cut, right? I mean, the White House gets nothing but that. So, um, yeah, it was kind of funny. And he says, <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Fair enough. Enough said. <laughs> So it's just a different world. You know, even even if you're vice president, when you're actually the man and you're living in that house, the history and the and the uh, amount of 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 um, just this is the way we do it here. You know, uh, that's been handed down from staff to staff to staff, clear back to, to Washington. You know, there's people there who go, well, you know, this is the White House. This is what you do. And yeah, you live at the White House. You're the president. But this area over here is for the public. This area over here is for you. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I suspect that there's rooms that his vice president, he's never been in, never got to go see, you know, because you weren't, you're not the president. It's not your space. Um, and uh, so, and did you know that the, uh, you know, the, the Naval Observatory is where the vice president lives, but apparently uh, uh, Vice President Harris will not be moving in there right away. Um, after yeah, where the, are you going to live? Uh, well, uh, you know, she's been a senator for a, while, for a while, so she has a house in the Washington area. And so apparently uh, they're staying there for the time being because um, they need to do some repairs on that house. You know, it was built back in the 1700s. And uh, one of the things is apparently there's like liners that have, that they put into the um, like fireplaces um, because they're really, 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 really old. And otherwise they're worried about, um, you know, soot and leaking and things like that. And they don't want carbon monoxide 
if somebody lights a fire in the fireplace. Anyway, they're going to, through and doing some repairs, and they're going to reline all of the fireplaces in the house. And uh, and so, um, you know, after the Pences had lived there for four years, they just said, okay, well, you know, since you have a house here, would it be okay if we took this time to... Because otherwise, you know, there's somebody living there all the time. And so it's kind of hard to... Right to do repairs unless you're just tell people, you know, Hey, we're going to block off this part of the house while we work on that part. And that, you know, that's inconvenient too. So, um, apparently she agreed and said, Hey, you know, I've got a perfectly fine house. So I'll just, I'll just live here for the time being while you guys do the repairs. But apparently it's only supposed to be a, a month or two. It's not going to be a long term oh. thing where like, she's going to have to live somewhere else. Well, um, it, it'll be all nice and renovated. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's like a full re- renovation. It's just there were certain repairs, like I said, things that they needed to do for some safety things. And, and I think there was some uh, electrical that needed to be upgraded. And uh, um, and I think that somebody had, I, I read one place too, they're going to replace some windows with some um, higher quality glass, you know, that they're, you know, wanted to be a safer location. Although it's on a naval base, so it's not like it's, you know, public can drive by and, you know, throw things at the house or something if they're unhappy you know so so i saw an article that trump is asking for secret service protection for his adult children which is not something Uh they typically do once the child turns 16 they don't get they don't automatically get that secret service protection but 16 uh, or 18 or yeah i think it's 16 but maybe it's 18 Uh um but uh but uh trump has asked for it for all of his children and their and their families Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't know that he'll get it, but he, he is, he's asked for it. How do you feel yeah. about that? Um, well, the idea of protecting family members generally is that that then can't be used as leverage against a sitting president. So when he's no longer a sitting president, I don't know that we need to, um, to do a whole lot, but they might do it for a period of time and then uh, monitor to see if there's any specific threats against them. I think that, you know, we also don't want that black mark on our country that, you know, a f- former presidents are fair game. And so um, I would say probably do it at least for a period of time and then see if, you know, and then uh, analyze the situation, look at all your resources and say, do we really think there's any any realistic threats against these people? And then sort of, you know, back it out from there. That's yeah. my basic I, I, feeling, you know. I, yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. I, um, I don't know. I, I think that I don't know how much threat they're actually under. I don't know. You know, maybe there is a crazy person who wants to wants to harm the Trump children. Um, certainly, I think there are crazy people who probably want to harm Trump, but he gets Secret Service protection. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, he does for at least, you know, if they if they follow through with impeachment and conviction, um, then then, you know, I was reading about that the other day. He doesn't necessarily not get to run again. He doesn't necessarily not get, you know, like a pension or anything like that, that the the Senate upon conviction also gets to determine what the remedy is. And so they can then decide if he's banned from running again or banned from getting his, you know, his pension as an ex-president or banned from whatever, um, you know, financially, I don't think it's going to matter to him one way or the other, whether he gets the pension, but you know, it's, it's that slap on the wrist. So I could see them saying, well, you know, you don't get your pension, but that's the only thing that's going to happen to you if they decide to do convention. I don't know. know, It's Chuck Schumer's house. It's Chuck Schumer's Senate. And so, yeah, 
you know, I I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. He could he could decide to throw the book at him and 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 remove him as a potential opponent in four years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. former pre- the former president's act does say that uh, that children are in t- for, as a former president the the president and their wife get lifetime secret service protection protection former presidents and their children are entitled to protection until they become sixteen years of age. So you were so right. and. So all of the children are, except for Baron, are over sixteen. Right. Yeah, and he's going to be getting 14. close to it. Yeah, he's yeah, getting he's close 14. to it. Yeah. Quite honestly, I can imagine from the kids' perspective, it's like, yeah, I don't want these guys following me around all the time. <laughs> you know. Uh, in fact, wasn't it uh, uh, one of his sons? I think Don Jr. I think had said while he was in office, he goes like, I don't, I don't want. Secret Service protection now. I don't even want it right now. Leave me alone. You know? Um, Yeah, I'm sure I would not like that at all. Having somebody, like, official people follow me around. and No, no, no. I wouldn't like that at all. Yeah. You you don't need to know when I pass gas and scratch, you know? (laughs) It's just, just, yeah, no. I don't need it. I'm Um, not going to do anything for you for your future book. Yeah. Yeah. So that you have Although how many Secret them. Service people have actually come out and do the Secret Service is like um you know they they're pretty close-lipped about everything that ha- you know I've never really seen much from a secret former Secret Service person talking about No, you know, they don't. presidents private lives even after they're no longer in the Secret Service. They just they that's that's like you know nope that's a closed book we don't talk about that. You know, cuz you know they they've got to see more than the average person about you know of these people of importance, right? You know. Um, apparently they're not allowed to, you know, take a dump in somebody's house, but, you know. Well, that's just, that's just. <laughs> yeah, you've got to go down the block and, uh, and, and use the, the hovel that we rented in someone's basement. Um, yeah. Which is insane. That's Ivanka Trump. Yeah. God. Yeah. And I say hovel. Madonna. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, these are million dollar homes, so I'm sure their basements are just fine. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people presumed that Ivanka didn't always agree with her dad and they presume that Melania doesn't always agree with her husband. And I think a lot of that presumption comes from them not saying very much. But sometimes when you look at their actions and the few times that they do speak, you go, I think they're pretty much in alignment with him. They they support him, and they, they they're not you know faking support. I think they really do support him. I think that there's no, um, you know, like she's you know a closet liberal who really doesn't doesn't buy her dad's uh, policies. I think I think she agrees with his policies and his and supports his his uh, his efforts. You know. Um, and I know there's been some talk about her possibly running at some point. And I don't I see it. I gotta be honest, but... I don't think she'd do that. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think so. Maybe Jared so. would. I think Jared might. I think he's he's probably um, has is more ambitious. I don't think that she's not ambitious, but I just think that her goals are different. I don't think that, at least from what we've seen, and again, there's not a whole lot because, you know... Uh, I think Ivanka has been very careful about what she says in public. Um, and, and she's said it in ways to just kind of let people believe in their head what they want to about her because she, she hasn't publicly taken a lot of stands on things. 
So other than, you know, I support my dad, which, okay, well, that's kind of expected. Um, but I think a lot of people, because of her not saying a lot of other stuff, thought that that was sort of disingenuous. And I think they're wrong. I think I think she supports her dad, um, you know, along with 70 million people in the country, you know. Yes. So. Well, and we and we we wouldn't hear it if she didn't. Um, yeah. You know, I her dad is is a narcissist yeah. and you certainly don't. Uh, if she wants to stay in his good graces, she has to agree with him yeah. in public. I don't. It doesn't mean yeah. that she doesn't agree with him, but it, it does mean that we don't know exactly what she thinks. Yeah, there were a few times when she came out and said that she, um, uh, I, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were a few things where she, she, you know, quietly said or, or when asked pointedly said, you know, I, I don't agree with that policy, but I support my dad. That was kind of how she would, when she disagreed, that's how she kind of phrased it. It's like, you know, I support his efforts to do things. He's the president. Um, I don't agree with that. You know, but it wasn't often. There wasn't oh. a lot there. So what's what's next? You know, we're going to we're going to rejoin the climate, the Paris Climate uh, Accords, which yeah. would, you know, I, I, which we've already data are already out on how effective those climate accords are. Let let me tell you, they're not. And so, right. but it's a, it's a, it's I think it's a. It is a it's symbolic a gesture yeah, about exactly. that they're, we're rejoining the community of nations after yeah. after four years of Trump. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, it you know, it's I, a nod I to had Brussels. read that a lot of the things that we're doing already met or exceeded what we were going to do as part of the Paris Climate Accords anyway. So it was like, yes. eh, you know, being part of the gang is not that big a deal other than it, it's a, like you said, a symbolic gesture to the rest of the world that, hey, we're going to... Uh, be more pleasant to deal with for a while um you know um yeah that's going on he uh he being president biden set uh has and i don't have it in front of me but he, he basically set like a daily agenda for the next um uh like two weeks or three weeks and each day they're going to focus on something a little different like today they're supposed to be focusing on covid things so they're trying to see what can the federal government do to um uh, you know, get rid of some roadblocks to distribution of vaccines. And, and uh, you know, they, they already he passed yesterday the federal mandate saying that on all federal properties, uh, if you're uh, you, you need to practice social distancing, and you're required to wear a mask. Um, now, that that means indoor properties. So like if you're at, at a national park, you don't have to wear a mask while you're hiking in the woods. But um, uh, but, you know, it was just sort of like the let's lead by example by saying at least on you know if, if the federal government thinks you should be wearing a mask then we should at least make it a mandate that everybody who's on federal federal grounds should be wearing masks and uh, uh again i think it's a lot of symbology here but i think sometimes that's needed to uh to make the point so we'll see how it all plays out i mean it's not going to hurt anybody to wear a mask uh for sure even if they don't like um, it um yeah, I, I also think that um, that they are going to be making making moves to reopen, um, realizing that they don't want the economy to be completely mm -hmm. tanked. Um, I think that we'll see guidelines uh, for for reopening, especially you yeah. know, it's it's really well, becoming obvious that COVID isn't going anywhere. That we have new strains, um, um, and the vaccines, even with the existing strains, aren't aren't a hundred percent foolproof. So we're going to have to. We we're going to have to figure out how to live with this thing. Yeah. Well, I have a question, and and I and I get that that there are maybe some 
that the rhetoric coming from places like the state capitol is is one thing, but I, the reality on the ground is I don't know that we're really all that closed down. Um, I mean, I I can point to my own personal business and say, yeah, I can't use a, a, a pool facility, but that's because I rent it from somebody else and they're choosing not to let anybody use it because there are other school districts that are renting their pools out to be used. Um, that's their choice. It's not a... It's not because of a state mandate. Um, I know that there are some restaurants that I have gone to that are still serving food indoors. But, and, but the vast majority and, of them, Todd, are not. So, and technically, um, they're not allowed to. So restaurants, yeah. bars, entertainment venues, um, sports, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are no concerts. There are no outdoor yeah. activities. You know, there's no gathering of people. There's, you know, all of those yeah, things. But I think we're prudently, I mean, opening, I think, what what is opening and what is is prudent still not to do i think are there's still going to be a line there so we may open more things up but i don't think that we're going to see yeah let's go everybody go fill the hollywood bowl with you know with 20,000 people and and have a concert because that's just kind of a foolish move at this point still um i mean there's new new uh strains this denmark strain that they've seen an increase of in in the uh in southern california in the last 30 days has uh, this the first one that they've seen a, a change in the makeup of the virus such that they're not even certain that the vaccine is going to work against that one. And it's the first one, the first mutation that they've said that about, um, which is a little scary. Um, you know, I mean, and, and I know I can drive around my town and find open gyms. The only thing I can't seem to find is a place to get my hair cut, dang it. <laughs> I'm looking very shaggy, and, and I mean like shaggy, like shaggy and Scooby here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, just about any sale or service is available. No, yeah. but they're doing it in defiance of the law. Because if, yes, and... Um, uh, well, is it defiance so, of a law, or is it defiance of an executive decree? What's the difference? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if they're being enforced, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, cities, the sheriffs and the, and the police officers have said, we're not going to enforce any of this. Yeah. Not all of them, just some. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hodgepodge. You're right. So bringing some, 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 uh, standardized oversight as to, Hey, let's be consistent in how we're doing this. I mean, you know me, I've been railing against this whole idea of picking and choosing who gets to be winners and who gets to be losers from the beginning. Um, I, I, I hate it. I mean, you know, tell me, tell me what's the legal number of people in this space that would make it healthy or not healthy. And then let me choose, you know, and it, and if it's important enough, I will go get my hair cut. Damn it. Yeah. People <laughs> want to get their hair cut or their nails done, or they want to get a massage or, you know, they want to go to, they want to go to dinner with friends or, you know, just be living their lives. They want to um, go to a sports bar to watch the game. They want to have, uh, large outdoor get gatherings, large or indoor, you know, concerts and and uh, trade shows and everything else that's happening online. Just conduct business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a um, an attempt to return to normalcy in, in a certain sense. Um, I still have a feeling, though, these politicians are so deeply embedded in we get to tell you what to do that they're still going to be picking and choosing. They're not going, you know, for them, opening up means we'll we'll choose to let you go to a few more things as opposed to just saying, here's how things should be. Right. <laughs> they need to listen to us, man. So, so yeah, we we'll talked um, a, a couple weeks ago, I think, about Pablo Escobar, Pablo Escobar's 
hippo herd. So, um, oh yeah. Uh, so he's dead, but his um, he he had hippos. He had a herd herd of hippos. Yes, the hippos live are, on. Exactly. That that were apparently they're doing really well. They're thriving in Colombia, but they're an invasive species, and hippos are aggressive. And so it's not like you want to just yeah. leave them. Number uh, one cause of death by wild animal in Africa is hippo. Is hippos. So, um, you know, they look like big, lovable blobs, but they are yeah. not. So yeah. They got a weird-sounding uh, name, but they're not snuggly. No, they're not. And so um, the it looks like uh, uh, that they're going to have to kill. They're going to have to, to eliminate the herd. Really, my, my cat is knocking things down because I haven't fed him yet. <sighs> so it looks like they're going to have to Talk about her. aggressive animals. Thank right? goodness he's not a ton. He doesn't weigh a ton like a hippo. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they're expected uh, to reach the ecosystem's carrying capacity in the next two decades. Um, and apparently he the problem started when Escobar imported, imported one male and three female hippos for a private zoo in his Hacienda Napolis or I, how his his house his ranch in the 1980s um so officials relo- relocated most of the creatures to the zoo but the aggressive 4,000 pound hippos um but let the aggressive 4,000 pound hippos be unencumbered by drought disease and predators in their native africa the animals have been expanding in reach finding their way into the magdalena river and surrounding lakes and in and uh in number ever since so uh, the hippo feces are contributing to a toxic algae bloom or toxic algae blooms. Um, they, uh, they worry about their threatened local manatees who are being forced from their habitats because of these aggressive hippos. Um, uh, with their growing numbers about 10% each year, the hippo population is expected to hit 1,418 by 2039, at which point the hippos will have utilized all the food and space available. So they're going to have yeah. to... Yeah, the, one of the suggestions was that why don't you just go castrate the hippos and that way then they won't continue to uh, reproduce. They said, but it's challenging because hippos have retractable testes and, and and they've tried to do it, but they've only been able to do about one a year. It's hard to catch a 4,000-pound oh. animal who can suck his, his junk back up inside. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know, you know that. Wow. Yeah. I, I would think that, you know, I mean, I have watched Mutual of Omaha, and what you need is some know-it-all white guy um, to uh, to say, you know, shoot them with a tranquilizer gun, get them all doped up, and then drag them out of, you know, out with a tank, because that's what it's going to take to actually move these things. And, and then while he's unconscious, you can then castrate the poor hippo. I'm sure they've tried that. And I'm sure they have work. too. I think it's it's. I mean, I, I I can imagine that would make a, a quite a hilarious segment on Amer- you know on, on uh, funniest videos or something. Uh, right. It's like people people trying to capture and castrate hippos. Like good luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't think you can pay me enough to do that. <laughs> right. So, so like, what do nope, you do? I, can you eat hippo move, hippo meat? meat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you can do with. I I have no idea. I think they're sort of related to um, pigs. And so in, in that sense, maybe, but I don't know. I, you know, I mean, if you've got to to start calling 30 hippos a year um, in order to bring down this population, I mean, they're saying that, that in, in the next, you know, uh, 
20 years that they're going to hit 1,400 hippos. Um, and that the number grows by about 10%. But they didn't, how many did they say they actually have now? I didn't see that in there. Nowhere do I see how many they, you know, I don't want to know what they're going to have in 40 years. How many do they have right now and how big of a deal is it? It's too many. But apparently, it doesn't matter. Yeah, too many. Yeah, too many. And apparently, you know, they were in a zoo, but they have now broken out of the zoo. And so now they're in the wild and they're, they're in threatening the endangered manatees in the area because they both competing for food. Uh, and hippos are mean and nasty, and manatees are sweet and cuddly. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. This is, <laughs> I looked it up. So in the words of author and hunter Peter Hathaway Capstick, it is my personal opinion that hippo meat is one of the finest of game foods. The taste is mild, less than lamb, and more than beef, slightly more marbled than usual venison. It tastes exactly like, well, hippo. So, you know, there are hungry people. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. Yeah. They well, so they need to they need to cull the herd and butcher the yeah. hippos and put you know freeze the meat and 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 share it with uh, with uh, hungry people in in uh, Colombia. Yeah. Well, you know they what? I would slow. bet I would bet that there's a bunch of rich white people who would love to go hunt exotic game. Exactly. You know, you could probably charge a bundle of money to have people come down and kill your hippos for you. And uh, they'd make money. They would get, you know, hippo meat. And somebody would say, hey, I killed a hippo. Yay me. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I say that very sarcastically. But, I mean, it's... it's I, no, I'm sure you're right. That's how I would approach it if I was a, uh, uh, you know, politician down there trying to figure out what to do about the hippos or a con- conservationist. It's like, yeah, I mean, you never want to see an animal get killed needlessly. But when the animals are literally you know, eating themselves out of house and home and destroying ecosystems for other animals. It's like, okay, you know, you're not, you're not, you may have been born here, but you're not really, you don't really belong here. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds very racist, doesn't it? Uh, that's animalist. <laughs> they're, they're you hippos. weren't born it's okay. here. It's, a, it's okay. Yeah. They're hippos. Yeah. They, they can't show that kind of outrage, right? So it's okay that's to right. treat them badly. They are an invasive <laughs> species and they need yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, it's funny. They, they, and they, the picture they show here is like, you know, these people are up on this little walkway, like dropping food down to hippos. Yeah. <laughs> hippos. <laughs> well, more power to the fine folks in Colombia. I hope they figure out what to do with their herd and get it handled because uh, I would hate to hear that we no longer have manatees of a certain variety because the hippos chase them out. And so. they start to death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got to find some balance. Get some balance in there. So, so, Kim Kardashian is divorcing Kanye West. I know this... This. Uh, I'd uh, heard that was in the... In fact, I think I poo-pooed it. I said, until we hear it from her mouth, I'm not going to believe it because there was rumors, but I hadn't heard her say anything. Has she said something Well, now? apparently... It's a major storyline in keeping in the last season of keeping up with the Kardashians, but everyone is under a non-disclosure agreement until the finale. Right, can't talk about it. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah apparently it's 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 really happening. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he he's a man who has um, uh, bipolar disease amongst some other mental issues, and that is very difficult for somebody. To live with, I'm sure. Um, 
said saying that you hope that a a family is able to stay together, right? I mean, you hope that's that that's best for everybody if you can make it happen. But if it can't happen, then okay, it can't happen. Then you know, get on with it. I guess that's sort of my opinion. Um, knowing absolutely nothing about them and their relationship other than what we see on television, and and I don't watch Kardashians and don't watch you know. So so what I hear is very little, but. Uh, um, and, and and honestly, what you see on those shows, I don't know you could trust that as like what actually goes on anyway. That's all, you know, edited for for the drama. So, so. have you heard that Amazon is uh, going to help with the distribution of the um, vaccine, the COVID vaccine? I heard, in fact, the, the headline that I read was, why did Amazon wait until after President Trump was out to make this offer? Because like, Because President Trump took every chance he possibly could. To, to bash Amazon. Jeff Bezos. To bash yeah. Amazon because Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. And the Washington yeah. Post, you know, they when Trump became president, they changed their motto to democracy dies in darkness. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're never friends of the president. And the president being who he is, um, you know, went after Jeff Bezos personally. And so that's why. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it wasn't hard to figure out. <laughs> it's like if a guy keeps spitting at you. Um, you don't go out of your way to help him, mm-hmm. you, know? you know, and, uh, and that's essentially, essentially what was going on. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had heard that. I don't know what that means other than they've got a, a lot of, uh, you know, logistical infrastructure for getting stuff to places. So, um, you know, if they can do that, then great. Um, you know, it's funny when it comes to Amazon, I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. I, you know, I'm, I've been an Amazon prime member from way way back back when amazon only sold books um i liked amazon and have been part of amazon for a long time um and uh, once they started offering prime i fairly quickly signed up for that uh but sometimes you know i try to say hey is there other places i can buy things because i don't want amazon to be the only place i can buy things i want these other places to stay in business and there's a company out there that sells computers and parts for computers and electronics and things like that called newegg and uh, and they have a warehouse that is literally 16 miles from my house. And so I ordered some cooling fans for my computer enclosure that I wanted to put into it. And they were specifically designed to be quiet. They had fan designs. You know, the blades had certain designs, like, like those stealth helicopters, you know, that keep the noise down. Because, you right. know, this is a recording studio. I don't want you to hear running in the background like a vacuum cleaner which which the fans that the fans that came with the enclosure that's what it sounds like so i literally had to turn them off excuse me and then while we're recording i'm sitting here hoping that my you know my computer doesn't overheat because it doesn't have you know because it's in a in a um uh not just when i say enclosure i'm not talking about just the the computer itself but i'm talking about like a case a cabinet that has fans on it and uh and that cabinet uh the fans that came with it are just ridiculous. They sound like, like jet engines warming up or something. Um, so anyway, I ordered these fans and I ordered them on the fifth. They were shipped on the sixth and mind you, they're going 16 miles. They didn't show up. Uh, they said, and, and I got notification and tracking and it said it will arrive on the sixth. Didn't arrive on the sixth. Didn't arrive on the seventh. I, each day I checked it. They changed the, it will arrive on date from the seventh to the eighth, to the eighth, to the ninth, from the ninth to the 10th. Finally, on the 14th, I got a hold of the folks at Newegg online and said, what's up? Where's my stuff? Why is this taking so long? And their response was essentially, 
Well, sometimes there's some delays. Wait till the 19th. Now, the second I got off of line with them, I went, screw this, ordered them from Amazon and had them the next day. So the 15th comes, the 16th comes, the 17th comes, the 18th comes, the 19th comes. It still never showed up. I go online to check and see where the heck these things are and what's going on. And lo and behold, they've changed and said, oh, yeah, we delivered it on the 14th. No, you liars. You didn't deliver it on the 14th. It never showed up. And literally, I could have driven down that day and had and gone to the warehouse and said, hand me the thing that I ordered. Just give it to me. They're 16 miles away. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So um, so now I'm waiting. They um, uh, Yesterday, I requested a refund. And we will see if they actually, because they, they tell you, you get an email saying your refund is being evaluated. And if approved, wait seven to 10 days for your money to come back. We'll oh see if they're any gosh. better at We'll see if they're any better at refunding. This is why people go to Amazon, because Amazon doesn't put you through all of this crap. Holy moly. You know, if it doesn't show up, Amazon refunds the money immediately. If, it, if you get it and you don't like it, they will take it back immediately. No questions asked. I don't have to go through all these hoops and, and, and answer, you know, questions about... Well, what were you thinking when you ordered it? Why did you order it this way? What date was it ordered on? You need to wait for X more days before we're allowed to process it. You know, oh, my gosh. I hate, hate, hate dealing with companies like that and won't deal with them again. Next time I need I, something, I'm just going to get it from Amazon. I remember, and I got, I've got to be honest, I don't remember what company I bought it for, but it wasn't Amazon. Uh, I bought something. Um, online and I paid for the the next day air like I wanted it the next day and it was expensive to pay for it that way and it came in two days and so I called the called the customer care center and said well you know it came in two days I paid for one day and the woman said well at least you got it and hung up on me and and I'm like are you kidding me I paid extra for shipping and you hung up on me because I you know was upset that I didn't get it on the day that, I, that you yeah. said you would give it to me. You charged me extra to get it. At the very least, give me back the extra that I paid to get it in one day. And that's all I want. Hanging wanted. up on me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't understand the the attitude. And, and quite frankly, you know, Amazon does a pretty good job of that. And, and uh, if the other companies don't do a good job of that, then they deserve to go out of business. I hate to say yes. it because I really don't want to have a single source for a lot of stuff. But, you know, I don't think we're asking too much to actually deliver when you say you're going to deliver and do what you say you're going to do when I give you money. Yes. You know, that's not asking too much. If you can't do that, then don't say it up front. You yes. know, and just be truthful in what extra, you extra for it. Yeah. I mean, there should be some automated process where if somehow it gets delayed and you don't get it in the day, you get your money back. You know, I mean, you still have to pay for the item, but you should get back the extra you paid for for fast shipping. It's it's nuts nuts yep so the reason why you know and amazon has has grown so big is because their customer service has always been very good and when they say they're going to deliver something they deliver it and Mm -hmm. if they if they mess up then they that they there's no questions asked i've had things that have gotten lost and they don't even it's not a problem they refund it you know um and that's the way you do business if you want your business to grow amazon was just like every other startup in the dot-com era, you know? Uh, yeah. But look at where they are today. Yeah. 
Well, it's because they they put a lot of effort into making sure that when they say you're going to get it, you get it. And if there's any issues with it, you send it back. Because, you know, even today, but especially when they first started out, there was a lot of hesitation about, I'm going to just buy it online? Yes. You know, I don't get to see it first, you know, and then I have to buy it and wait some, you know, a couple days before it shows up. And they've done a lot to make that wait less and less. They've made it, you know, your, your fear is if I buy it online, well, what if when I actually get it, it's not quite what I wanted? You know, it's like, fine, just send it back. Just send it back and we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. Um, and that's kind of the way they have, you know, made their bones and what makes them successful. And others who are doing, you know, competing with them need to have that as a minimum for their the same standard, you know. Um, you know, it's just yes. it's just unacceptable. I mean, getting hung up on when you're calling customer service is just unacceptable. Yes. You know, those are people I, who should be fired immediately. They just lose their job. I honestly, rem I, I, I think I did call back. I don't remember. Again, I, it was like 10 years ago. It's been a while. Um, um, maybe not that long ago. It was a long time ago. And, but uh, I remember how it made me feel. That's what I remember. And that's what, yeah. what customers remember is how you made them feel yeah. doing business with you. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't like calling out one company, but the experience for me was so bad and I never did get the product and I still don't have the money back um, that, you know, I'm not going to deal with Newegg again. And they actually have a, you know, they've been around for a long time. They're well known in the in the tech industry for, you know, buying, uh, you know, or ha selling uh, gear that people was, have been around for. For me, it was C's candy. It was C's. Wow. That's unusual, too, because they're usually very kind of a friendly customer oriented company, you know, here, have a taste when you come in the door. Maybe I just had a bad rep. Yeah, you know? well, clearly, but that's somebody who shouldn't be doing that. And that person should find another job. You know? Exactly. I mean, even if you're having a bad day, you can't, as a customer service person, you can't put that on your, your customers, you know, and I, I get it. I mean, you ha everybody has bad days or bad moments and, 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 you know, I try to be as human as I can, but when you're in that business, that can't, seep into your interaction it just can't it you know? just can't did you so hear about have... uh that's we we're talking about biden that was one of the things that he uh that he has said with to his new cabinet when they first met one of the first things he told him is if any of you disrespect one another you're gone period nice. if you do it publicly if you do it privately in an office he goes i'm not tolerating that and i thought that was interesting right. Yeah, so, so Tom, I know we're at the end of our time. Completely out of time. I've got another meeting that starts in ten minutes, so I have All right. to go. Thanks for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.